I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> Neil Okowitz. Uh, let's talk about test, that test, guy. Test, test, test. Testies. Testies. Neil Okowitz. Who's Neil Okowitz? He's a linebacker. He's a li- a current linebacker? No. Okowitz. I'm a pretty good guy, remember. Um, actually just yeah. signed up. Neil Okowitz, former NFL linebacker who played with the Washington football team. Uh, from 1979 to 1989, linebacker for the for the Skins, won two Super Set, Bowls. You said 79 to 89. 79 to 89. That's right. He won two Super Bowls with the uh, with Washington. I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. That seems like the kind of guy I should have known because he's like not a guy. He like is a dude. He's like, a dude. He won, if you if you've won two Super Bowls, like you're there's a difference. There's a whole methodology to this, but like a guy. Guy and a dude is a very different thing. Yes. Like, um, I'm going to go ahead and say, I had one, and at first I was like, no, he, he's a dude, but I actually think he's a guy. Who's who's your, your guy you think is a dude that's a, that's a guy? So, I think he's a, he might be a guy. I think T- Timmy Smith. See, this is why he's, he's, a, he's a guy. This is why. No, no. Wait, is he a guy or is he a dude? He, he won a championship. He won a well, championship. He, so, so, so a guy is lesser than the dude, right? Like the guy is a guy is a guy is a more obscure version of a dude. The, the, like a dude, a dude like Johnny Damon's a dude. Yeah. Okay. Then, 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 no. That then, uh, Tim Smith would be a guy because okay. because he really he did a little bit, but man, did he have one hell of a one game. Yeah, 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 you're right. Like he didn't but have like, a long he, career, but he, man, he showed up at the right time. <laughs> yeah, I think though, if you have like a game named after you, like if there was like a, like a the Deshaun Jackson game or yeah. something, like, th- like okay, there there is that. There's like the Mark Brunel game. There's like the Monday the Monday Night Miracle. Yeah. Like that, I think may move you from guy to dude. Like, like so, like like Doug Flutie. like Timmy 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 Smith. Yeah, Doug, Timmy yeah. Smith though, like, I don't know about you. I consider that to be like the Timmy Smith game. That, that's more of a. I thought I thought that was more like the Doug Williams game, wasn't it? That's true. Doug Williams is definitely not a guy. Definitely, he's definitely a. Dude. He's a dude, and, and that's the thing. So that's more like the, the, the everyone remembers Doug Williams in that game. Now, Timmy Smith did uh, one hell of a job, broke records, but everyone remembers Doug Williams in that game. The Washington football team has had a lot of guys at. Two positions in particular. Kicker yeah. and quarterback. Yes. Absolutely. They've had a lot of guy, like Danny Werfel, Patrick Ramsey. Those are – Shane Matthews is Jason a, Campbell. Is a guy. You know, but what, I saw that jersey where it was like, you know, it showed all the quarterbacks since Dan Snyder uh, bought the team. It was just like – Yeah. Got Jeff George. Oh. Jeff George. I mean, what a frankly, pile. frankly, Colt Brennan is a guy. So that's the whole reason that we're here. That's true. I mean, He's a guy. This is the Colt of Colt. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. We are here on a victory. <laughs> it's been almost an entire week at this point. Yeah. Uh, it, we're recording on Wednesday, so one day shy. We are in the same 
week of the NFL season right now, or I suppose it ended sometime at like four o'clock this afternoon. It's closer to seven because they had the three forty game. A three forty game, you know, very normal, cool three forty Eastern Standard Time on a Wednesday kickoff. Um, I think we'll we'll spend a little bit of time talking about that. Um, I'm Brian. That's Gumby. Uh, very excited to be back here. Um, we say, I you know, just to, I think we should get this get you know jump right into it. Um, we say that this team makes us drink. Um, this week, uh, more celebratory drinking than I think. Um, it was it was a weird. You know, sometimes they're just like, oh, geez, I need a drink. Like I don't even know what just happened to me. Uh, that was this week for the Washington football team. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll talk we'll talk about that game, but I think at the very minimum, we should tell everyone what we're sipping on uh, on this Victory Wednesday podcast. Uh, Gummy, what what you sipping on? Well, so first of all, I want to jump in that uh, it was great to have a good Thanksgiving. You were talking about oh a, yes, a, happy, the, Thanksgiving. happy Thanksgiving. Holy- we, Holy cow. we had this great Thanksgiving meal and then followed by the Washington football team just decimating our, our cow, the Cowboys, which was great. But during yeah. that, I mean, I, I enjoyed Thanksgiving because I sat there and I drank wine. I know not everyone jumps in wine, wine, wine. But so I've decided to keep that little tradition going for right now, meaning that as we talk about this game, I'm still drinking wine. I'm currently in the middle of a Merlot from Willowcroft Wine Vineyards in Leesburg, so just right outside of Ashburn. So, mm-hmm. And they have award-winning Merlot. This was a 2017. It has wonderful notes, uh, very smooth, very, very full-bodied. I really am enjoying it as I sit here and drink it out of my bourbon cup, which is, you know, still playing the game. But it's a, it's a nice, good, local wine. So if anyone has an opportunity, also the oldest winery in Loudoun County. Uh, as Michael Scott once said, does it have an Oki afterbirth? It has all of the Oki afterbirths that you can think of. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that's that's my kind of wine. Now, 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 Brian, uh, what you? Yeah, you you look like you're some kind of kind of interesting there. What you, what what are you sipping on? Oh yeah, I got a real witch's brew going this evening. Uh, this is called Thrills Frosé by Dewey Beer Co. And it's a collab with King's Brewing Company, which I believe is in somewhere like Rancho Cucamonga, California. And they do these beers. I mean, you can they're technically a beer, okay? It doesn't look like a beer. It looks like a fruit smoothie. It kind of tastes like a fruit smoothie. But there's a fermentation element to it that technically they just like put so much fruit <laughs> into this thing that it's just it looks like it's it is pink. It's like pink and thick. Um I'm not here to argue about what style is what. This is a marshmallow fruit salad flavored beer. Um, <laughs> all I know is it tastes really fucking good, and so I I, I drink it like Gatorade uh, when I get it. It's just it's fantastic. I, I want to so, say yes. that I did miss a perfect opportunity to make many jokes off the thick and pink uh, comment you just made. However, watching looking at it. I mean, yeah. it looks like uh, a smoothie. It looks delicious. I would love to, to try some of your thick pink sauce. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to stick to my wine right now. Uh, it looks delicious, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to when we can drink beer in person. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who knows when that will be, but we will do it at one point. Um, 
I think we got a lot of plans for when we're able to get back together, <laughs> both podcast plans and other. 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 Uh, let's talk a little football. The Washington football team, uh, I don't want to say shock the world because no one at this point in the season has any reason to believe that the the Dallas Cowboys are anything terribly mighty, but I I do think they were probably, I mean, they were, they were favored in that game. They were three and a half point favorites in that game. Washington came in and just like kicked their teeth in, knocked in their front door, came in, turned over all their furniture, went through all their dressers, found the safe, burned it, and then burned the whole thing down and left with a, I was stunned by that victory. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, I, I think I had uh, us, uh, Either winning or losing by three. I thought it was a three, like a 27 to 30 range. And I think I had us losing, actually. But Mike McCarthy is a horrible coach. He's an idiot. It's <laughs> He's a, an idiot. I mean, get listen, I played football. I like football. I know football. It's fourth down. I'm on my end of the field. You punt the ball away. You get it out of the field. You play that game when you are... You know, not you're back to the end zone. But he went for two fourth down trick plays and failed miserably both times, giving us one hell of an advantage very quickly. That's bad coaching. I, I am going to say there was a not so insignificant portion of our fan base that wanted him to be the, the head coach instead of Ron Rivera. And I just remember being like, the fact that they even won a single Super Bowl in Green Bay is a testament to how incredible of a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is because Mike McCarthy was like actively he was they would have been better off just like coached by no one yeah. than coached by Mike McCarthy. I read a story somewhat recently that apparently Aaron Rodgers sometimes will go to the line of scrimmage and pretend that the mic- that the microphone in his helmet doesn't work and so he'll call his own plays and you know you can read that as being like oh wow Aaron Rodgers like he's kind of like a quirky guy like he's like considered to be a little peculiar and he just like has is a bit of an independent guy but to me that says he knew how big of a dumbass his coach Mike McCarthy was and so he knew he was better off pretending not to hear the play and call it himself than to tr- to to believe in the decision making of that dollar. <laughs> and he just, I mean, it, it, the Cowboys are not the, as bad of a team as they looked on, on Thanksgiving. But man, he made every decision he made was wrong. Uh, but let's, I, as I say that, I don't want to take away from how good we looked. We looked pretty damn good. And I can't be any happier for Montez Sweat. Yeah, Montez. How happy was sweat. he when he got that touchdown? Oh. That play, that play, you know, Zoe's not a, a huge football watcher, but yeah. I, you know, like we were wa- we were watching the game, and she was looking down, and I, you know, like I saw all of the parts of the play start to come together, mm-hmm. where he had to totally beat his man coming off the outside, like just blow first right through him and then right by him, yeah. to get his arms up to knock that pass down, to pick it out, to identify in where the it air. was in the, in the air. Bring it in as you know, he's like a big man, like you know, like he's super athletic, but he's he's big. It is it is just harder for people of that size to move their body. Yeah, like there's a reason 
they can do it and we can't. And, like, there's a reason that, like, you don't see football players playing baseball because just, like, the hand-eye coordination required to use, like, a bat to hit a ball is easier done by someone where their hands are closer to their face. Like, there's a reason small guys can hit the baseball well and Aaron Judges are hard to come by. (laughs) You couldn't put Montez Sweat necessarily up against a major league pitcher and, like, have him be able to do that thing. So the fact that he was able to do such great hand-eye coordination going at that speed and, like, collect the ball and make the catch and then, like, not completely fall over himself and run into the end zone is one of, maybe one of the best defensive plays we have seen from this team. And I may want to say, this is I know this is hyperbolic, maybe since Sean Taylor. I I, I can't argue that. I mean, you look at it, you have... Not only are you wearing all this equipment, you put a ball in the air, and as a defensive lineman, your job is not not to catch a ball. It's to stop the ball, stop the run, and hit the quarterback. And the fact that he had the spatial awareness to realize, I hit the ball, the ball's in the air, catch the ball and run it, it, that happened so fast. It's so much practice, and he's such talent. It just showed all that moment, but... What made yeah. me so happy about it, not only was I cheering, I'm high-fiving my two-year-old. Like, we're excited. He's like, Daddy! But the the happiness that was on Montez Sweat's face. Oh, my gosh. He oh. was just over the moon. I mean, he knew it. Like, And he had every reason to feel incredibly proud and, frankly, like swaggy in that moment because that was yeah. one of the coolest things like I've ever seen someone at the position do. Like, maybe, you know, maybe the bar is low because we're watching this team, but... I mean, frankly, he, um, there is, you know, a chance that, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that the last time that this franchise had an all pro player, I think it was, um, uh, the, what the punter from the nineties, uh, Matt Turk. Yeah. No, no, no. Matt Turk was the kicker. Who was the punter? Oh gosh. I think he was the last. Uh, we had uh, Reggie Roby. I don't know uh, if he was all pro. I know he was a punter. I don't think it was him. But, oh, was, no, but that's gonna... the thing. We, we, our guys never get chosen for all pro. So we get some no, pro balls. But... We never get all pro guys. It, uh, it, uh, it, Matt Turk was the punter okay. in 1990, 1996. That's the last time that the Washington football team has had an all pro. That, 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 last time. That's kind of sad because we've had some really first, good players. First, first, first team all pro. Okay. I believe that there is a non-zero chance that Montez Sweat could get it this year, and if he doesn't, he's at, he's got a couple more years that could be all pro level. I think Chase yeah. Young could be. I think Chase Young could do it too. I think you're right, and, and I also believe that uh, Tressway could do it. Yeah, I mean Tressway, the goat. G O A T goat. Let's goat. not forget his abilities. But I, I want to kind of. At, and during watching this game, and, yeah. and I'm going to come back on a couple of things that I have said on this podcast earlier in the season. And again, like the idea yep. was tanking. Um, now, when I say tanking, it's not the idea that I wanted to mentally tank. I just didn't. There were some decisions that we were making that I didn't agree with because I thought that, you know, we could better ourselves for the future. In the yep. process of what's going on, what Riverboat Ron is doing, and again, I can't argue it is that he's trying to change the culture to a winning culture, to teach people how to win and how to fight, how to fight. And, and, and the more you fight, the more you can win. The more you have pride for yourself, the more you have pride for each other, the harder, I mean, the easier and easier it is to win, to change that culture. And he's doing that. 
as he a is. fan, yeah. he's doing and he, he, he's doing it organically. Yes. I think there's something different between like the process, you know, like like the what the the, the Philadelphia 76ers did where they were basically like blatantly tanking in order to get a dra- better draft pick and like thinking yeah. that they could game the system. Whereas and there were a lot of fans who bought into the idea of being like, "Yes, yes, we want you to suck so that eventually we might be good." And that's not what you want as a fan. You want a team that you can like go out and even if they suck, you want them to feel like they're trying. Yeah. And so if Washington had gone out and done their best and been terrible, I would have kind of been okay with it in a way that I wouldn't have been okay where if I was just like, oh, they should just go get guys off the practice squad and play them because then we'll go 0-16 like the fucking Jets are about to. But what has happened, and you are so right, you're on the money, and I have a lot of crow I need to be eaten this week because I learned a lot of things. They have... They are in an evaluation phase, but we are seeing growth over the course of the year. And the accidental, maybe potentially accidental, but like probably for the coaching staff, fully intentional byproduct is they're getting better. Absolutely. As as players each week, they are coming around to becoming football players. Yeah. And, and it's amazing to watch as a fan because it's been a very long time. I think what 2012, 2013 since we had a team. But yeah. it, but this team isn't contingent upon one player. No, it's a you multitude can't, you of can't players. Be. Well, and you that's, can't that 2012. It was RG three who did a great yeah. job today for uh, for Ravens. <laughs> but still, it, it's not. It's we're forming a team, a, a bunch of people who are able to do what they can do, and they're coming together as a team. And to Riverboat Ron and, and Del Rio's and and all the coaches that are there. I give them a kudos. I'll, I'll eat my too. crow as well and say it, it's starting to look like a team. I got excited. I got excited on Thanksgiving. I got it. My, my kid got excited. I, I'm excited. We'll see what happens next. And uh, whether it's this year or next year, but we're in it. We're still shooting for first place. They're still trying to win. And that's, <laughs> they are. Fucking crazy. I think the, I think the victory, and I think I believe this regardless of the outcome of this year, is if this is the linch point at which it starts to feel like they're worth your time on the weekend, like that you, it's a team that you are eager to want to watch play. And I think there's probably about sixty percent of fan bases where they feel like their team is a team that they are that is worth wanting to watch play. Yeah. And the other 40, I think we're in that the the majority in that 40 where it's just like, "Man, like I'm going to watch, but I just hope that this doesn't suck." You know? It, it I sucked think for so long. For so it long did. it sucked to watch. And then again, like you, you, the game would go on, then we have the off season where we find other ways to fall apart, like the off the field crap was even worse to bear than the on the field crap, and the, and then you you get through all trudging off the field crap to see yep. the on the field, and that sucked too. So it's just like this, just infinity loop of crap, and now there's been a hitch in that. Yeah, the fact that I mean it, it feels like you're in the bottom of a hole and you're looking up when you're hoping for a team that is watchable, but honestly at this point. If we come out of the season and say, okay, I feel like my time was well spent, and I also feel eager to continue watching sort of without precondition or without sort of like hesitation, that I think will be a win. And ultimately, I think that that is 
what they keep on talking about in terms of like culture change. That would be a culture change if people felt that way in a more substantive fashion than they do right now. So, yeah, I I think you're right. To give an answer, so for the first time this entire season on Thanksgiving, I looked at the pro shop to see what was out there. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. The the answer was nothing. There was nothing good. Uh, My brother did buy me a mini helmet uh, of – the new Washington football team's uh, helmet, which was nice, but there's still, there's nothing good because it's all just very generic, but I looked. I'm going to go ahead and put a plug in here for breaking tees. Um, we do have a relationship with them through Hogs Haven. Their stuff is very good. Um, I highly recommend it. It's obviously like we have it posted on the front page of Hogs Haven. Their t-shirts are, are fantastic. They do not just Washington football team stuff. They actually do um, for all of the different teams in uh in washington and their stuff is is freaking great so uh there's a sell the team dan shirt i believe there Ooh. you should get that one okay that's just gonna be my plug for breaking breaking tees i will happily wear any t-shirt you send me uh i'm a t-shirt guy so you send it to me and i will sport it all over social media and the cult of cult twitter yeah, cult of cult twitter that's right we are on twitter now you can follow us at cult of cult um the other so I guess back to just get to back to this game a little bit. Um, the other, so the other crow that I need to eat is I did, I did pick the team to win three games. So they've officially, they've shown me wrong. They have won more games than I thought they would. Uh, I wish they could play Dallas every week. So that's definitely something I was, you know, I, I underestimated them. I did not expect this to happen. I really didn't think that they were going to win more than three. They did. So now everything, they do. Not that they, you know, I'm calling out the haters, but like, is house money for them? And really, what it is is it's house money for me. So any time that they win at this point, like, I don't have like a, like a, a measuring stick. I'm just like, okay, good. Like, go for it. Just like, go for it. Do well. Uh, so the team obviously win win total. Um, you picked, I think five. I'm, I'm at five. Yeah. Okay. So you you still have uh some, you you're still uh, a little bit. On the outside looking in, but well, let, let me you know, let me talk about that say? for a second. And looking at what they have ahead of them, they, they really don't have yeah. the hardest schedule. I'm thinking they're going to get six out of this one. Okay, and I, it feels so weird to say I don't think six is going to win the division, and it's hard to imagine that being the case after this past weekend. It is official that the division's record in aggregate will be a losing record. Yes. After this this weekend's games, there is no way for the NFC East to be a division better than 500, which is fucking pathetic. It's it's horrible, but, but it keeps us still involved. But the problem we're going to have, of course, is that if we have the same record as the Giants, they beat us twice. Right. Yeah, they're in first place right now. We, we could um, lose the division with a under 500 record by less than seven points. Yeah, crazy. To like, the two a two point, like a two-point conversion. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's that. And then the other thing that I I think we should probably talk about a little bit, just because I, uh, have a lot of learning and listening and growing to do apparently is I have not been so high on Antonio Gibson and, um, I guess I'm wrong on that one too. He's in the conversation for offensive rookie of the year. They're in the conversation for both offensive and defensive rookie of the year in, in Antonio Gibson and, and Chase Young. Um, 
he did get over the 100-yard mark. He finished 20 carries for 115 yards, 5.8 yards per carry with a 37-yard long and three touchdowns. So he's like a he's just like a hawk at the goal line. Um is Antonio Gibson and this seems like a silly question at this point, but like is Antonio Gibson good? So I follow this I've been watching what's going on. So when they first started playing this season it was yeah. McKissick. It, it was going to happen, and they said the problem we're going to have. Peyton well, Barber. Got and a Peyton lot of Barber, games. and the whole they said, and they kept saying, and I wasn't listening either. That's my fault too. But they kept saying that what we're doing is we're getting Gibson ready. He's yeah. more of a wide receiver. He's learning running back. He's got to learn the system. He's new. He's a rookie. Like we have him. We love him. Just trust us. Wait. And we have heard that as fans of this team our whole lives. And they yeah. said, just hold on, trust us. And we go, yeah. Then two seasons in, they're like, oh, we just cut this guy because he was bad. And we're like, thanks, Dwayne Haskins. Um, but that's not what happened with Gibson. Exactly what Robert Ron said would happen, happened. Uh, he said, give us some time. We're preparing Gibson. Watch what happens. Three, four games in, he started looking a little bit. And now what they're doing is they're feeding him the ball. And he's one of those running backs that – he, the more he gets a ball, the better he's getting. The more he yeah. can see, his vision's getting there. He's seeing the holes, and I and it's it's looking good. Three touchdowns, but he's also you see him visualizing it and getting through the holes with a with a bang and taking out, and, and he's not falling back. And that's a, that's a sign of a good running back is when they're always moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I mean. Up until this week, I would have been like, okay, well, why is J.D. McKissick getting all these targets, but Antonio Gibson isn't? And it basically flipped on its head this past week. McKissick ended up with two catches on two targets for 21 yards. And Gibson finished with five catches on seven targets, also for 21 yards. So it seemed like it's, it's hard as like a fan and as someone like us where we are talking about this team and people are presumably listening to it thank you all for listening to the cult of cold podcast um they make it hard when the they just like never develop trends like we're like oh is oh is jd mckissick like gonna be the second target like is he gonna be like are we are we gonna see that progression and like it'll be like one week he is and then like one week he's targeted the 13 times and then the next week he's targeted twice and it's like okay so i'm i can't draw any conclusions from that and maybe it was just like a foolhardy thing to try to even do but is that a bad thing is it bad that the the other teams don't know what's happening either you know you have you have these three running backs and who's gonna get the ball who do i have to prepare for i gotta prepare for all three and they're deciding and pushing for who does what and what does when but you're looking at it and going it's like it's wide receiver everyone knows it's going to mclaren yeah sims is getting some catches now logan thomas is getting some catches now now yeah, Th- it's not Thomas, as what, what Thomas end up with. If four catches on four targets for nine for twenty yards and a touchdown, he's been getting a lot of love on like broadcasts the last couple of weeks, and some of it I think was a function of like he came from the Lions, so they were talking about him in the Lions game. Um, but he's been getting a lot a lot more attention. I am still I think jury's out on him. Sims did get the one target for eight yards, but, like, he was a legitimate option. Like, he was drawing defensive backs. McLaurin, I feel bad that I can't say I don't think, ter- like, I, that I don't think Terry McLaurin is going to be 
all pro because like you have to be one of the three best receivers in the league and he's maybe th- right now like top 10 oh absolutely but top three like he's not he, he can't be he can't be because we don't have a supporting cast to help him so they're double teaming they're watching him they're mirroring him they're and he's still making catches so to his credit he's still working his ass off he's not going to be an all pro this year because no. they just people know that we want to get And it's not his fault. He's playing no. he's having a great year. It's just there are guys who are having better years than him. Yeah. And, and it's going to be really hard on like a 4 and 7 team to be an offensive skill player who who ends up first team all pro. But he's becoming a captain. He's again yeah. we talked about this before. He's becoming a, a true dude of this team. He's yeah. becoming somebody you can rely on. So I don't care what accolades he's get as a fan he is money, and let's make sure we keep him for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I want to yeah. see him burgundy and gold for life as long as he keeps this up. Yeah. Absolutely. He's, he's, so, he's so great. Um, any other thoughts on the game or, I guess, Thanksgiving in general? What, um, give, me, give me your spread on Thanksgiving, like your food spread. What did you do? Traditional. I uh, brined a turkey, so I brined a turkey for about 30 hours. Full uh, turkey? Full turkey was a uh, wasn't there's was only four of us eating so it was a uh, you know because it, it was COVID so only four people at the house um, yeah. it was a 15 pound turkey brined it in a cooler yeah. then uh, buttered it up put the butter in the skin it was delicious really moist uh, so that mashed potatoes gravy yeah. uh, sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top okay mm. I'm also a marshmallow on top we did marshmallows and uh, pecans on top this we year. did the, I hadn't had the pecans before but yeah we it did was it really too. nice um, pecans yeah, I know or pecans I, I don't know I uh, who cares <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, it was yeah. delicious I know some people do think that like um, marshmallows on top of like an already sweetened sweet potato is barbaric but i'm just like screw you like i got to do what i want one day a year like i'd put ice cream on top of ice cream like i don't care it's got two scoops it's better don't don't judge me (laughs) okay what else do you have you had yams (laughs) yeah yeah and we just let the stuffing and then of course uh the green bean casserole and then of course we we, the the allotment of pies where it was uh you know the pumpkin pie the apple pie the pecan pie all with the ice cream and the miracle whip stuff on top it was delicious I, I gained like five pounds since last because that's all we've been eating since Thursday. Sure, yeah. I think what was your uh, what was your spread like? We did basically the same. We did just it was the two of us, so we did turkey like the split breast, so like the rib cage and then the meat on either side. So not just like one floppy breast. It was like both breasts, and they were nice, nice and firm. Um, yeah, we uh, we we did a buttermilk brine. It was it came oh. out. It was maybe the best turkey I've ever eaten. Um, we did mashed potatoes. We did sweet potatoes, as aforementioned sweet potatoes with marshmallows and pecans. We did, mm. or pecans. Uh, we did fanta- a beautiful stuffing, crushed it with homemade gravy with the, st- the drippings in it. Oh. Um, we did our vegetable. We, I'm a big uh, Brussels sprout guy. Roasted Brussels sprouts is just, so delicious. Oh, oh, amazing. God. We did that. And then we did um, a bread pudding for dinner and, uh, like, these pecan caramel nut bars. 
like uh like a brown like in a brownie tin, yeah but like you just like you know, like they're they were like a pastry Sounds it was delicious. really it was really really nice and it was just the two of us and like would have been great to have been able to go out and do things with family but there's definitely something to be said for just <laughs> like all right we're just gonna cook and watch the lions lose matt patricia his job which like i know the lions fans are absolutely stoked about um and then like watch the washington football team and you eat a nice dinner and we did a uh pre-dinner cocktail with it was like a bourbon with uh this fantastic apple cider and we like uh put oh. r- rosemary in there and rimmed oh, the glass with God, a little uh, cinnamon sugar we did and then we had red wine and then um i think we had an after dinner cocktail too but it was just like it was a plus it was a really good thanksgiving that and i know awesome. it was a, a tough thanksgiving for a lot of people um but and I, it's just, uh, it was, it was kind of like a nice little breath of fresh air to be able to do something like that. Um, okay. So road ahead. Got well, the... let, let, let me talk about the next, uh, our, our next opponent and some kind of, uh, the shenanigans that are going on with that. So our next opponent is the Steelers, the Steelers yeah. who are undefeated right now. They they won today against a, undermanned lowly Ravens team by three or four points. It was one of the, again, there's a three forty game on a Wednesday. One of the sloppiest football games I've ever national football team games I've ever seen. Yeah. It was, uh, you could tell people had not been at practice because they couldn't practice. You could tell they didn't really know what was going on. It was a very defensive game, but it just, it did not, it was not crisp. It was not good. And I bring that up, uh, Because if that's the team that we're going to play now on Monday night, you got to move from Sunday to Monday. Uh, is it like 5 o'clock or something? Yeah, it's like a Monday happy hour game. It's like Monday at 5 for like 4.45 or something. Like it's early, an early afternoon East or like late afternoon East Coast start time. Okay, um, so I'll, I'll you be know. drunk by 5. Okay. Sure, right. Yeah. The daddy will be happy. So, but so we, we look at this and it's like, if that's the Steelers team that shows up yeah. uh, next week, next Monday, we have a chance. I, I No other way, shape or form would I say that we have a chance. But if, but if that team that showed up today to play the Ravens shows up on Monday, we have a shot. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Cause like I'm on, I'm online. I'm on social media. I, you know, I know, big deal. Like, uh, hold your applause. <laughs> I occasionally, like, I'll go and sort of look what other teams' fans are saying about their teams and their opponents. And, like, I was looking at some Steelers thing where people, someone called them the worst 8 0 team. Are they 8 0? They were 8 0. They're 9 0. Yeah, now they're 10 0 now. 10 and 0. The, oh, the worst 9 and 0 team that's ever existed. And I'm like, what even is that insult? Like like who give me the rundown on other to heretofore undefeated teams <laughs> and tell me exactly why it is that they're so bad. And in sort of based on what I I don't think of them in my mind as being that good. Like I didn't think they were going to win the division. I don't I certainly didn't think they were going to be undefeated. Um, I think part of it was just a function of like, I thought Ben Roethlisberger was going to like, this was the year he was finally going to be like one year too many, you know yeah. how like at the, yeah. end, at the end of qu- quarterback careers, like Peyton Manning, he won a Super Bowl, 
he was there. He was he's playing one year too many. I think Brett Favre played one year too many for the like, wrong team. Yeah, yeah, and like there's these guys where it's like very clear it's the end. I thought this year was going to be Tom Brady's one year too many. Um, he's been not great, but he's also not been Tom Brady. Like he's 41, so like I don't blame him. But uh, I thought this was going to be Ben Roethlisberger's one year too many, but like. He's winning them games, and so to be the worst nine and O team, like, okay, like sick burn, dude. Like, well, so the uh, the Trent Dilfer Ravens were the worst Super Bowl winning team ever, is what people call it. The worst, the worst it, offense. Their defense get, is one of the best defenses. True, true, of but they're saying time. as a team, as a team, like it, it was a. The, but you're looking, it's like, uh, who cares? My yeah, ring cares. shines the same as the person who won. Who they're calling the best team? I won a Super Bowl. Right now, they're undefeated. They're going to win their division. They are one of the best teams in the NFL. I don't care if you win by a point or 40. A win's a win. Right. And in, in watching what they did today is that they won. But we, our defense, if they can shut down their their wide receiving core a little bit, we have a shot at being in this game. And that's my favorite part about seeing it. And I want that to happen. I want the Washington football team to have an opportunity to win this game. Now, uh, last year, uh, I actually had an opportunity to go to uh, Heinz Field for the first time and watch a game. Okay, I've been outside of Heinz Field. Um, It seems pretty great. It's To give you kind of the breakdown of the whole fan atmosphere, again, it won't be there on on Monday afternoon when we have our game. But we waited until um, the the, the Star Spangled Banner was sang. Because in Pittsburgh, that means all the fans are in. Unlike uh, Washington football, where it takes forever to get in the stadium. This isn't a, yep. isn't a jab at our own fans. It's yeah. just so hard to get into our stadium sometimes that it's, it, it just takes forever. So we're always in line. But all of their fans are already in there. So I got tickets to an NFL, two tickets to an NFL game for $20 a pop. Hmm. Wow. So just, just scalped them right there, right by a bar. And the guy was trying to, you know, uh, I'm like, okay, well, I can go to the bar or I can go to the game. He's like, here you go. And the stadium is beautiful. The, the, it's a great atmosphere. It's right in downtown Pittsburgh. Yep. Love it. It was a great time. Uh, I watched uh, them play the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. It, by saying all that, what I'm saying is that you're looking at a team who knows how to win. The Steelers do. Right. They have a tradition of winning. Mike Tomlin is a winning coach. They Their fans are, are demand winning. Yeah. Tradition and winning. They've been, they've been like – bad to mediocre but their stretches of bad to me- mediocre are very short compared to i think what we're accustomed to like you know they they had some you know they went to the super bowl in the 90s that yep. they lost to the cowboys right in like 96 i i don't know i used to know all of these okay. and then like you know they're they'll occasionally they'll they'll have like a six and ten or a five and eleven year but they never do it two times in a row it's never back to back and they, you know, they win a Super Bowl with Big Ben early on. Um, they've been to another. He's been to two, I think. Two or three, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like they, they are not. I mean, haven't been like a dynasty team since like the Steel Curtain, and all those guys were just like totally coked out of their minds. But, <laughs> but like they, their lows are short-lived as a franchise, and you're right. They just, that's a city that, like, rallies around their 
sports, and they that's a team and a franchise that always bounces back very quickly um, and really finds a way to to sustain themselves. I think you're right, though, that Washington c- could win if you catch them on a bad day, and like there's good reason to believe that they're like their clocks are totally off. Like they had to wait, they hurry, they were going to be on Thanksgiving and they were preparing for Thanksgiving. And then like, Oh no, it's on Sunday. And actually, no, it's on Monday. And no, actually it's on Tuesday. And wait, actually it's, you know, in the afternoon on Wednesday. And then like, Oh wait, also you're playing on Monday night. Um, And now the test, the COVID tests show up now. And if they get anything from a Ravens player, they're now spending every day for the next five or six days getting tested. That, that, that weighs upon you, you know, constantly worried about what is, is the, When's the thing going to drop? Also, they did not play the Cowboys in 96, uh, but Roethlisberger won 2005 and 2008. Uh, 2005. So they, they, beat the, they beat the Seahawks and they beat the Cardinals. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, Antonio but, Holmes. so yeah, so hopefully, and, and I hate to say that, that they will not be on their A game. That yeah, it's, it's really shuffling will throw shitty. Them off. It's but, really shitty that, and I, I can't, I think it was Juju Smith-Schuster was like, we already missed one of our games. We lost our bye week because I think it was Tennessee when they had that outbreak yeah. earlier in the year. They basically ate up their bye week and it's not, it sucks and it's not fair. And there's a very, there's a chance that Washington coming off a long break because they played, they'll go Thursday full uh, Seven seven days later is another Thursday, and then another four days after that. So, so it's, it's what, like ten, ten or eleven days. Yeah, ten or eleven days between games. So like you know, there is an element of like, okay, we're we're well, we'll rest well rested, but out of rhythm versus a Steelers team that's like exhausted, didn't get a bye week, had a lot of like emotional whiplash of whether or not they were going to play, will they, won't they, and then like went out and kind of. Um, stumbled their way to a win over a, a, a severely shorthanded Ravens team. Washington, yeah, like, could it happen? It could. Do I think that we're going to see a, a replication of the, the performance against the Cowboys? You, I don't think you can. I mean, no. I the, the performance that Washington put up against the Cowboys, we were texting about this after the game, the last time that they scored 40 in a football game, was on December twenty fourth, two thousand sixteen, when they beat the Chicago Bears forty one to twenty one. And you said you were at that game. I was at that game. That was the last time that they scored last 40 time. points. Yeah. And I like I had three different people text me after that game, like, when's the last time they scored forty points? And I was like, I honestly don't know. Four years ago. I, and I had to go. And, <laughs> I had to go and look it up. And then lo and behold, you were at that game. Well, it, what, uh, so, but keep going with the the the, the COVID stuff and and what's how this is going to affect the Washington football team. They're going to have 10 days. from they, they scored 40 against Dallas. They're hot. Now yeah. they're going to wait 10 days. 10 days, they weren't – remember, they didn't even know they were getting the schedule changed fully until a couple days ago. So it's been kind of a yo-yo. But they're going to play okay against uh, Pittsburgh. Is that still they up? should. They should. Yeah. But then they have to turn around and go to the West Coast and play San Francisco in Arizona – because you can't right. play football in, in Santa Clara San Francisco County. right now or yeah. San, San, San Palta. And so they're going to go to Arizona on a shortened week. And traditionally, any team that's going from East Coast to West Coast or West Coast to East Coast always plays worse. Then you add in a shortened week to it. This whole thing with the Ravens screwed over us. It did. And that, indirectly, and, and that, yeah, for sure. It did. And, and indirectly, and I'm looking at the NFL like – 
what the hell are you doing? You, you're, you're letting the Ravens have three opportunities to change the game. They screwed up. They made the mistake. They should pay for it. They should turn around and forfeit that game after so many times. The Broncos turn around. They screwed up, but they made the Broncos pay for it by putting yeah. in a wide receiver at quarterback who didn't even know the team. Yeah, who hadn't played quarterback since like a couple of snaps his freshman year of college. And I think a lot of people wanted that to be like a um, like a redemption type story. Like, oh, wow, we really persevered here. Um I mean, first of all, he had a terrible game, but like, of course, he was going to have a terrible game. Like, yeah, he's not he's, a quarterback. But the fact he, of the matter, he wasn't is, even NFL player. He wasn't no. even a full NFL player. Yeah, he was. He like got cut at a. I looked him up. There's a really wonderful piece in the Athletic about him where he was basically like he got cut during camp. And basically, decided like he was like, okay, I'm going to go do some other things. And like, I think he was doing some some sports marketing. Like, he was not pursuing football for a period of time. And then they brought him back to be a practice squad wide receiver. And then, like, yada, 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 he's starting an NFL game at quarterback. And now, I say that, and I'm making light of it, but, like, the yada, yada, yada is the operative piece here. The fact that this is even happening, and it's, like, not these one-off incidences. It's, like, a whole-scale thing. And there are, I think... You want my worldview on this? Because I'll give it to you. I I, want to hear it, because in all God's honesty is... The NFL's fucking this up. Yeah. And, and yes. you know what? We have to be open and honest about this. So, yeah, I want your whole worldview of this, of, of what's happening in this league and how bad they're screwing this up. The Pittsburgh Steelers and their fans and the players and their coaches are were very angry this week. And there was sort of some rumbles that, like, they were threatening to not play, like the Ravens might not be threatening to play. Like, they're mad because the schedule's changing and because people are sick. And they were mad, you know, I think a lot of the anger, particularly the fans, was directed at, like, the Ravens organization. And now, there are two ways you can look at this, I think. You can be really mad at the coach who they were able to pin this entire breakout to where he just like wasn't wearing a mask and just like was being a football coach guy and just like yelling at people's faces and you can blame him well and he also he also took off his tracker yeah took off he the tracker. took off his tracker he did things that he wasn't supposed to do like he definitely screwed up yep and you can okay. blame him and you should yeah but the the royal but the fact that the entire foundation of the league can hinge on whether or not a strength and conditioning coach follows the letter of the law is shows a complete lack of institutional control and lack of like getting it right that it shouldn't come down to that and you shouldn't frankly i think you shouldn't rely that it's just going to work and you shouldn't rely that like things are going to go perfectly whether it's you know like there are some guys who are just like asking i don't want to say asking for it but like if you're walking around with your mask off and just like huffing and puffing like you're going to have an outbreak on your team there are other players who have accidentally gotten it and i think that's a whole thing we're like where does the responsibility lie? I think the natural inclination is like, oh, that 
those, you know, like Blake Bortles or whichever, like Drew Locke, like we're mad at him because he got all the he got all the quarterbacks for the Broncos sick. But like, you know, and like were there failings there? Yeah. But like it wasn't like he was trying to get people sick. He just like made a mistake. And so the fact that like Blake Bortles is or whatever is the difference between Kendall Hinton, like a wide receiver, practice squad receiver starting, like you shouldn't rely on everything. You shouldn't assume everything is going to work out. And you need to either be real about the prospects of success and success being that like everything goes off without a hitch or you put better safeguards in place to prevent things like this from happening. And that could be, you know, like actual practical, you know, safety precautions. And they're trying to do some of that, but like they didn't build additional bye weeks into the season to prepare for this. They didn't make any sort of an effort to modify the schedules of the team so that they were reducing travel, like, you know, due de facto bubbles. Like there were there were gradations. There were variations between what they decided to do, which was basically nothing and not playing football. Now, personally, if I had to pick one or the other, I would say they probably shouldn't be playing football right now. But they could do it, and they could do it in a more safe way, but they just decided not to. They just said, like, eh, it'll, like, it'll work out. Like, don't worry. Like, it's fine. Like, don't, it'll, it'll work out. And so, like, fans are upset, and players are scared, understandably, that, like, this is a disease that, you know, like, if you're a younger guy, like, there are different levels of, of risk. But it's like, there are a couple of guys who have been out for the season because of their complications. There's a few players who have been in hospitals for a long time. Like, just And we because... don't know long-term. We don't know what's going to happen long-term. Especially yeah. with a big lineman who may have a heart condition, yeah. and he doesn't know anything that's going to happen for 10, 15 years. And so, like, I'm... The whole thing is just, like, incredibly, like, baroque and and like morbid and it's like kind of like watching a, a train wreck and just hoping like the train is wobbling on the rail on the rails and you're just like oh god i hope it doesn't fall off the rails but like what good does hoping do like when you didn't put any precaution like when you didn't even try to to make thing like put a system in place that could lead to success barring like every single thing going right seems m- m- like madness to me even this week um with what they did, the difference between what they did with Denver and what they did with the Ravens shows that there's no actual plan, oh, yeah. that the, the NFL does not care about the players. The NFL care only cares about the NFL. The Denver Broncos, uh, again, all of their quarterbacks got taken out. They were like, okay, you guys can't play. Okay, understood. They came back and they said, we have a coach who can play. He knows our offense. Yeah. He, play, yeah. he played quarterback. Like we, he's right here. We're good. Yeah. And they said, no, no, we're not we making an use, exception for you. No exception. And it, so, and it's not. It's not like they were going to try and start a guy who was like a college quarterback last year. He like the last like he he played at like UCF, and the last time he took a snap was 2012. So it's not as though that you're signing someone off the street. Like it's not like you're giving yourself an unfair advantage. It's not like young. John Elway is suiting up for you, a quarterback. They were trying to get some guy who like couldn't even make the NFL to like fill in as a quarterback, and the NFL still was like, mm, "Sorry, can't help." No, you. but but at least he knew the offense. He's yeah. like, "I know the offense. At least I have an opportunity." And like now, you have to get the guy off the street. Okay, can we postpone the game? Because there no, was a they said, no. sir, they said no. The NFL said no to that. But the Ravens come back and they go, "Uh, change the game once. 
can the drain twice? Can they change the game three times for the Ravens, but the Broncos can't get a break? It, the NFL is in no way, shape, or form consistent. No. They don't care about the, the players. All they care about do is trying to get through this season because, again, the, the, if they had canceled the season, as you said, was a good idea, which I, I don't argue that. But if they cancel the season, they got to give back billions of dollars in, t- in TV revenue, and they're right. not going to do that because yeah. they know that we're watching. So they're going to try to get as many games as possible until literally the railroad track that you're talking about falls apart. The right. bridge that the train's going to just disintegrates. And then they go, well, we can't do anything anymore. It looks like we'll come back next year. We're going to make every dollar they can. They're letting 3,000 people into the stands to make money. Yeah, and like Jerry Jones like, oh, we can open up the whole stadium. Like, we got great air down here in Texas. It's like, oh, my God, these people. We opened up both sides of the stadium. Guess what yeah. happens? We got airflow. It's like being outside. Yeah, you got, Thanks, you, Jerry. You, you ain't never seen airflow like we got down <sighs> here in Jerry World. <laughs> and, and so you're right. It's, it's going to fall apart, and the NFL does not care. Yeah. They care Speaking- about money, and that's all. Speaking of Jerry Jones, he threw Ben DiNucci under the bus today in a way that was like – Danucci, for those uninitiated, he was the quarterback who had to fill in for the Cowboys when John Bostick knocked out Andy Dalton. And he went to the local guy, went to JMU, go Dukes. I didn't go there, but you know, I know people say go Dukes. And he said that the that having to play with Ben Danucci under center was no different than the Broncos having to play with Kendall Hinton under center. It's like Dude, you know he's on your team, right? Like, why are you talking shit to one of your but own players like that? He's also actually a quarterback. Yeah, uh, he's, he's a quarterback. He's 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 been playing. He's been practicing. He, the Denver quarterback was a wide receiver who yeah. went one for nine for what, like seven yards? Like this? That's not that's yeah. It's it thanks, was an Jerry incredibly Jones. like bitchy thing to say about a guy who's Shut. like paycheck you sign. Like, yeah, I, that, how, about, how not... do you blame your coach instead of blaming some guy like from JMU who just tried his best? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, Jerry we're Jones here for for Ben DiNucci and uh, and the, the we got you, Ben. Weeks. That's right. Come on anytime. Call the Colts. Got you. <laughs> um. So I think we have one thing left to do. Uh, we took a what? Were we off for a week? Is that what we were off for? About yeah yeah about, about say we week. didn't we didn't record so we're actually in the same we're in the we're still in the same football week week uh, yeah we didn't record a pre Cowboys podcast because of the Thanksgiving holiday um, but the last time we were on the air we you I drafted you to help me uh, with my pick 'em picks and so I think we owe I owe you uh, letting you know how you did. And we probably owe the fans, let them know how you did because, well, I mean, they know if they actually bet your line. Because I know you, I think I heard you say you have to bet what I'm saying. I know that I'm 100% right and I will give you my firstborn <laughs> son if I'm wrong. Yeah, good luck with that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, how do you think we did? So <laughs> I'm looking at just like the, I, I called Denver. I said Denver's going to win. Uh, and yeah. They, yeah, we didn't get that. Did not get that one right. Uh, I did you, not get that one right. Had Denver plus five and a half, and they lost uh, by twenty-eight. Yeah, I'm a little off on that one. So I would say, first of all, that that one shouldn't even count. Thank, thank you, You're Vegas. Right. Yeah. I will. Uh, I would say if I got five wins out of that one, I, I'd be excited. Five. You got eight. We we're eight and eight. Oh, that's actually awesome. I will uh, take. A, I'll take a, a push. The winner this week got twelve. So like we weren't even in the hunt, but you, but you said before you were in like twelves, 
I mean, forwards and three wins. At least yeah. I got us halfway. Yeah, we're trending in the right direction. Yeah. Um, should we do? This I would have had nine if it hadn't been for Denver. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, should we run through? I, I, I'm still willing to stick with this. Uh, I'm, I'm. Let's do it. Let's do it. Committed to the bit. Um, and, and I expect everyone to bet what I say because I'm really good at this. I'm okay. Lying. Let me see. Let me see if uh, this week's picks are even actually available. Bear with me. Just technically, are the, are the, this week didn't end. That's till. right. So I don't even know. Ago. Have they even put out the opening lines for I next week? I I don't know. People start betting early, but you couldn't touch anything, including your fantasy, because it. I mean, it just ended it like two hours ago. Yeah, they haven't put out the lines this week. Eesh. Whoops. Oh. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, that means I don't have to be bad this week. That's well, right. let's so so let's say. Let, let's just do one. Let's do one pick'em game, and let's say that it's going to be Steelers, Washington Football Team. And let's say they give Steelers plus seven. So the Redskins, so let's say the Redskins get the points. Yeah. So Redskins are are are, are so Steelers. Steelers are playing. Steelers. Where is it? It's in Pittsburgh. I'm just gonna. Yeah, it's in Pittsburgh. It doesn't matter. So no it's fame. minus. So it's Pittsburgh minus seven. Um, I think that's probably that's probably. I bet you that the opening line is Pittsburgh minus seven and a half. They're gonna give. I think they'll give a whole touchdown. I agree. Um, do you pick? Do you pick Steelers? Like, let's say it is seven and a half. Do you take Pittsburgh minus seven and a half? That it's a hard one for me because I, I, I would actually say I would take the points. Meaning, I would take Washington with the seven and a half. Okay, so you I think don't they think will I, lose by fewer than seven and a half points or win the football game? That's correct. What about you? Um, yeah, I think I'm also doing that too. I think heads up, heads up, in like a a normal quote unquote normal set of circumstances, I would take Pittsburgh minus seven and a half. But just like for all of the aforementioned reasons, uh, I think I'm. I think I would. I don't know that I have Washington winning this game, but I think that like the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be off their game. Just enough that they're just not, they're going to be out of sorts, and Washington could creep up on them and sort of like make this one a contest. And I think also with 10 days of watching film, 10 days of, of being a part of this, 10 days of Del Rio just staring at what's going on, 10 days of, of Riverboat Ron putting together an offense, I think they'll be competitive. I, yeah. sorry, I, I would agree. Whether they win or lose, I don't know, but I know. That's seven and a half. If it's seven and a half, I would take the Washington uh, with the points. Yep, and uh, you know this is probably the longest stretch between games that we can have to like feel pretty good about this team. We won going into the bye week. This almost feels like a second win going into another bye week. Uh, so I don't know. I, I feel pretty good about it. Well, so so what I'd like to do is throw a little debate out for okay. uh, for. The fans of the cult of cult. Yeah, and we'll put this up. We'll put up a poll, or actually, depends on what the question is. But I would encourage you to discuss this in the comment section of the article. And that do is. it. And, and my, my, it's a simple one. Yes. Here we are uh, with a few weeks left. Is there a shot for the Washington Football Team to take the NFC East? Do they think that we're going to win it? So is this a yes/no, or is this a 
scale of one to ten or no, let's do, yes let's, let's do a symbol let's do a yes no yes no do you think that the washington football team will win the nfc east yeah okay i'll right, see how many people actually just jump it's a simple one just just we're looking at a, a we've got the giants who who have the the tiebreaker the eagles aren't that far behind the i think the cowboys are out of it i think the cowboys are, are cooked at this point well um uh, yeah and, and but we're, we're going in where you have the the, the giants and the Eagles have a harder schedule than Washington does over the next few weeks. So, so we're looking at an opportunity. But the question is, as a fan, do you think that we'll take advantage of that opportunity and take over the NFC East? All right, a good question. We will we'll pose it to you, uh, the fans. I, I on that note, I think we should probably start to uh, to wrap things up here a little bit. Uh, should I roll roll the credits? Roll the credits uh, and let it happen, guys. First of all, great week, great win, great time. Let's keep it going. Let's have another one against the Steelers. Let's just let this whole thing just keep going. Let the train go. Keep on the tracks. Let's just you, have some fun. You know what else will keep on going? What's that? The Cult of Cold podcast, which is produced and edited by me, Brian Stabby. My co-host and director of social media is Gumby. Gumby. You can follow the Cult of Cult podcast on Twitter. We're getting pretty good at it. How many followers are we up to? Do you know? I, I don't. I can check as it you're was, doing the credits. It, it was 11 as of last week. So if it's more than that, we're doing well. You can follow us at Cult of Cult on Twitter. That's all one word. Uh, we are also available on Untapped at B Stabby and at D Cumberland Jr. I think we've both been having a couple of really good beers. Highly recommend that you check out our recommendations. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play, in addition to Spotify, by searching Hogshaven, a Washington football team podcast. And if you are one of the people who uh, ends up being in the top 1% of uh, the listeners on Spotify this year, and you can send us a screen cap to at Cult of Cult Podcast, we will record a personal message, video message to you if you are in the 1% on your Spotify this year and we have more than 11 followers we are up to 15 followers on the twitter so thank 15. you thank you for uh, for your patronage when we get to 20 i'm putting another gift oh boy look out for that hopefully by next week um and basically we ask that if you like what you've heard from us that you subscribe you rate five stars uh and you tell your friends tell one friend that you like listening to us it does make a huge impact in our ability to reach new listeners we know that your listening time is valuable and we appreciate you taking the time to spend it with us gumby pleasure pleasure spending time with you pleasure's all mine much love you've been listening to the cult of cult